fuck Tom, Edward, Patrick, Brady, whatever the fuck you guys want to call his name that Skip Bayless says on the show. I absolutely is sick and tired of Tom Brady getting this, you know, pop star treatment that's his show or it's no it. show. I think Greg Olson deserves that A spot with Kevin Burkhart. And if Tom Brady does come to Fox, he needs to be on the damn B team with whoever the hell's on that squad. Because Greg Olson killed this season. He was literally one of the best commentators in the game. And if Fox decides to move Greg Olson, that's going to cut his paycheck too. And he deserves that money. He's going to lose $9 million. I don't think so. If he goes that B team, I'm starting petition and I'm getting everyone on the damn world to sign it. And we're keeping Greg Olson and the A spot with Kevin Burkhart. And that's all I got to say about that. All about the balls podcast with Mark Davis, Chris Minor, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this NBA playoff and overreaction NFL episode of All About the Balls podcast. I'm your host, Bert and Chris, Mark Davis, live from the sack house, joined alongside always my great co-host Nick the Docs Kirkwins and our new two-time father Chris Gameinhart. Chris I'm gonna jump to you right away how's it feel now being a two-time dad honestly it feels amazing Mark Davis I'm so glad to be back on the podcast though at the home at the sack house but being two-time dad it's amazing I got my daughter got my son love them both I'm done I'm getting snipped that's it let's go Hell yeah, I'm excited to see the journey that you and your wife go through. You know, it's going to be great and awesome. Doc, you know, just me and you now, we are only having one kid, so we're just a solo father. Doc, how is the week looking for you this week? All week is busy. Busy as always. I want to start with Chris. Welcome back to the pod, buddy. We definitely missed you last week. Again, congratulations. So happy to hear the awesome news. Everybody came out healthy. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, busy week, busy week as always, uh, going to be out of town next week. So I will not be in the sack house next week. I am going away for work. Um, wouldn't you know it? They're, they're sending me to Niagara Falls for work. It's such a tough life. That that's so tough. Yeah, definitely a rough one doc, but Hey, we will miss you. Like we missed Chris for the one episode. Hopefully you come back all safe and sound and, you know, Finally, it's spring weather here out here in the Pacific Northwest. My squadron had a spring cook-off or spring spring uh, cook-off, I guess, cook-out, I guess you can say. And I'm burnt to a crisp. I am a strawberry blonde, so I am kind of a ginger. And I burn, boys. I don't crew. I don't tan at all. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a little side. The Yankees are back on a two-game uh, winning streak, even though we still suck. But, boys, like I said to start off the uh, introduction, it is a little bit NBA playoffs. We are fully in the second round. Excited to hear that. We're also going to cover – a little bit of the NFL, a little overreaction to the offseason and draft, even though we talked about it a little bit. But now we're going to give our winners and our losers and some of the headlines that's happened this week since, you know, we've been out the last few days. And like I said, starting that off, guys, a little bit of headlines for the NBA. Joel Embiid finally winning MVP after back-to-back second-place finishes to the Joker, yep. Nikola uh, Jokovic. And Chris, you think the NBA got this right? Do you think it should have been Joel this year? Or do you think Joker should have been a three-time reigning champion? No, I mean, I think they definitely got a ride with him bid. He led the league in scoring. He had his career high from the field with 55%, and he made a third of his threes. That man was balling today, or balling this season. Yeah, Doc, and you know, you're the local Philadelphian at the moment, and uh, I know probably out there in Philly and South Jersey, 
the streets are buzzing. I know the radio stations out there, they're probably loving it. Joel and B, did the NBA get it right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, surprisingly, it's been kind of quiet out here uh, compared to what it was in the past. Um, but I think it's nice to see what the Sixers and, and what Joel and B can do without the crybaby Ben Simmons. Um, and I think that seeing him gone has finally taken the cancer out of the locker room and allowed these guys to finally flourish. Um, so it, it's great to see Joel finally step up this potential and start, you know, and, and produce where we know that he can. Um, because the MVP is not just about league scoring. It's not just about numbers. It is about who had the most impact on their team in getting to that playoffs. And I think that Joel definitely had that impact again, going back to Crybaby and and getting rid of the distraction in the locker room, on the court, everything else. I think that th this is definitely the right move. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm glad the NBA finally took the analytics away because that's kind of what they were leaning towards. I know Joker had a great three years, and I'm, I'm glad to see the two big men kind of competing for the MVP. It's good to see the center uh, back in the league a little bit. I know it's not to the full depth of the whole league, but at least to have a few of the, the true big men back in the league, it's nice to see. I thought the NBA was good during the time of the centers and not just launching threes and stretch fours and all whatnot. And Chris, you know, you kind of, I mean, you talked about today in our little chat, the Milwaukee Bucks fired their head coach, Mike Budenholzer, after a one seed appearance, did lose in five. The gentleman sweep to my Miami Heat. Go Miami. Hopefully we take the Knicks. But anyways, that is now the third. Three out of the last four reigning NBA champions, or the past four champions have now fired their coach. Lakers did it as well, and the Toronto Raptors this year. Do you think that the Milwaukee Bucks kind of pulled the trigger a little early? Do you think he should have gotten another year at least? I know he had some issues. Giannis called him out. But do you think he should have got another chance? It's hard to replace a champion. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just to start off with, like, prayers to that man because the past couple of weeks of his life might need to go sit down and talk to a therapist. But I do think Milwaukee kind of jumped the gun on that one. But I think this would do great. I mean, Mike is – he's a – probably still top one of the coaches in the NBA with setting the culture with inside the league. So I don't think he'll be employed long, but I think they jumped the gun. Yeah, Doc. And like, like I said, you know, I understand, you know, Giannis called him out. He did say that he should have maybe made some better changes. Maybe the management should have been a little better. He wanted to guard Butler, which was the hot player of the series for the Miami Heat. Do you think you kind of agree with Chris that they jumped the gun or are you kind of agreeing that maybe – they can fit another head coach around Giannis and his playing style out there in Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of both sides of it. Um, you know, I think that they kind of jumped the gun because, you know, he's a proven coach. He's proven that he can win, especially in the uh, high impact moments, the high pressure moments. But at the same time, you know, being in that spot and knowing what you're capable of, you've got to be able to make the rapid fire decisions. And he didn't do that. I mean, if you've got your elite defender and you're not putting them up, putting them up against their elite score, I mean, you, You've got to make that decision. You've got to make that adjustment. Yeah, and I mean, I understand, you know, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm kind of on the same side of you guys. I see both sides. I mean, Giannis did miss a couple games, well, two and a half games, really, the series, and that was a tipping um, point, really, because he wasn't fully healthy. He was trying to battle, even though Tyler Hero did get hurt, who was Miami's leading scorer going into the playoffs. But Jimmy Butler was playing like Jimmy Butler that we know him in the playoffs. He was balling out, and I agree with Giannis. He should have made the changes. I, Giannis is a yes man. That's the unfortunate. He doesn't have that killer – instinct where he's going to tell the coach no f you i'm going to do what i want to do because i am the best player in the league because honestly I, well, yeah, he's I not think he is, he's not he's not playing for eric spolstra yeah i mean but eric spolstra in my opinion is a better coach and that's i mean ultimately that's why the miami heat they've beaten him now two times 
um, in the last few years. I know one year was the bubble year, but still the Miami Heat have taken out Giannis before. It's not like it's happened just once. It's a fluke time. And, you know, speaking of the Miami Heat boys, they are tied with the New York Knicks one apiece. You know, they did win game one. Julius Randle didn't play, but Jalen Brunson is their main guy. And then Randle came back and Jalen took over the show without Jimmy Butler, who sprained his ankle in game one. Pretty, uh, you know, pretty impactful if Jimmy Butler can't play. We did have a couple games off, so we'll see how that game three, uh, how if he's going to play or not. But also in the Eastern Conference, Chris, the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers are tied one apiece when y- or, sorry, Joel Embiid didn't play game one. He, they, they, James Harden went James Harden like Houston days. He went prime James Harden before fat boy James, and they got blown out in game two when, when Joel Embiid tried coming back. Chris, what is more surprising? You think it's more surprising that the Celtics are tied one apiece, or more surprising that the Heat are tied one apiece? I think I think it's pretty surprising with the Celtics and the Sixers tied one apiece. I mean, the Celtics just look completely motivated in Boston with Game Two. I mean, my biggest question is: is was it a smart move to play the MVP with that second game? Yeah, and Doc, do you agree with Chris? Do you, do you mean all? I mean, probably most people are going to agree with them, but do you think it's more surprising that without Joel Embiid, Boston loses, and then obviously they they do win by almost forty points? But you think it's surprising that they're tied one apiece with Philly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got to capitalize on on Joel Embiid being on the bench. You've got to step up, take advantage of the situation. You've got to put it in. You, there's no excuse for missing that. Yeah, and you know I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the other road, boys. I I mean maybe a little biased because I'm a Miami fan, but like I said, I think Eric Spoelstra is a better coach than Mike Budel, or I'm sorry, not Mike Budelholzer, but I think he's a better he's the best coach remaining. I think in the playoffs, I think he's better than Steve Kerr just because he doesn't have the talent. He shows on a consistent level he can still go to the playoffs, make deep runs, and I think even without Jimmy Butler, that's a well managed team out there, and without Tyler Hero, they should be up 2-0. We had every opportunity in that game to take New York out of the Garden take home court completely out of it, come back to South Beach up 2-0. But, hey, we're tied one apiece. Jimmy Butler should be coming back. Kyle Lowry is playing a lot better. But I do think, yes, because of the star factor, that maybe the Sixers being tied one apiece with the Celtics is more surprising just because of the MVP not playing 100%. But that's the Eastern Conference, boys. The Western Conference, I know we're going to touch on the bigger series in a little Mm -hmm. bit. But we're going to start off, Chris, with Kevin Durant and this Phoenix Suns. They did lose Chris Paul probably for a few games. I think they were going to lose regardless in five or six without or with them. Do you think it's surprising that one of the best scorers in the world and history, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker now find themselves down 0-2 in mile high at Denver? Yeah, I mean, those are two household names. So pairing them up together and then seeing that they're down to, it's very surprising to me. Yeah, Doc, I'm assuming you're going to lean that way too, just because, I mean, it's Kevin Durant. I mean, I know we don't like him for how he joined the Warriors, but it's, I mean, come on, it's Kevin Durant. He should be better than that. He should be at least tied 1-1. No, I got to be honest. I'm going to go the other way. I think it's uh, not surprising. I think that Kevin Durant has long um, proven that he is unable to shoulder the team and and make the progress on his back, Um, evidenced by what you said with going to – to the Warriors, you know, he needed that full star-studded lineup in order to win a championship. He was unsuccessful in Brooklyn. He was unsuccessful with uh, the Thunder. I mean, the the guy is he, he needs help. He can't do it on his own. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, they were young in, in uh, Oklahoma, but like the way he left was kind of just shady in general. I mean, 
I understand exactly. now at leaving Golden State, he wanted to show he could do it without them. He did join with Kyrie, and eventually got hardened, but it didn't work. Then he got traded to the Phoenix Suns, and now Chris Paul's typical Chris Paul got hurt in the, the playoffs. What's new? I think they're going to lose. I think the the two-time MVP Joker is going to lead the Nuggets with Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. But boys, the biggest series, obviously, we're all talking about, and you know we're all excited for the LeBron James and Anthony Davis Lakers playing Golden State with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, LeBron playing the Warriors for the fifth time in the playoffs. You know, it's kind of a rivalry, obviously, between LeBron and the Warriors. This is the first time they've met in the Western Conference. Could arguably be the last time they play, just because how old LeBron and Steph Curry are getting. God, I hope so. It's LeBron James. It's a bloodbath right now in game two. The Warriors are handling the Los Angeles Lakers right now. But the Lakers stole home court. They did take game one. Chris, what are you leaning towards? You think it's LeBron James and Anthony Davis is going to take this series, or are you leaning towards Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green? I mean, I'm I'm leaning towards the Warriors coming back. I think let's see right here. I mean, right now, right, it's seven minutes in the third, Warriors eighty two to sixty four. I think the Warriors are taking this game, taking this series completely. I don't think A D can keep up with what he has been doing. And let's just the Lakers won that playoff game only hitting six of their three pointers. That's absurd with Steph, Clay, and Poole hitting six three-pointers each in that game. That first game was just a miracle for the Lakers. And I think they're going to – Yeah, 100%. I mean, the Lakers are a defensive team. We know that they're one of the worst shooting teams in the league. And like me and my other buddies say, because I have a Lakers and a Warriors fan in a group chat, the series series rides on Anthony Davis. I mean, it's literally – it's Anthony Davis' presence. Is he going to be soft or is he going to be Anthony Davis like he is every other game? If they Shaman Basketball that, Association, yeah, baby. He's fit, he's fitting that 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 topic that Doc likes to trend out there. That it's a soft league, and Andy Davis has all the talent in the world. But Doc, I want to kind of step aside. He thinks going to win, and just not because we think some people think LeBron's the goat or MJ's the goat, but for legacy purposes between Steph Curry and LeBron James, is it bigger for LeBron's legacy to finally, you know, get over that hump again and take it to the series for the their series three two with the Warriors? without Kevin Durant now, and obviously, you know, it's even even more even teams, or you think it's bigger for Steph's legacy to finally say, we didn't need Kevin Durant the whole time. I can beat LeBron when the Lakers are healthy, when LeBron's team's fully healthy, because the first time they beat him, Kyrie and Kevin Love weren't there for the finals. So whose legacy does this benefit more if they win? I mean, I don't think that uh, as far as Steph is concerned, I don't think it's a KD thing. I don't think that Steph really has a legacy that he's looking at. I think that he's just trying to put another notch in his belt. He's just playing for the team. He's playing wholesome basketball and, and you know, a team guy. I think that LeBron is just, I mean, as far as legacy, it, it's tough to say because LeBron, he thinks he's the greatest in the game. Um, I don't think that it's a matter of him beating Steph. I think it's just a matter of him getting another championship in general to try and say that he's the goat, even though he'll never be, he'll never be the goat. And that's just, that's just the reality. And I am, I know you wanted to steer away from going to who's going to win, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The Warriors are going to take it. And do you want to know why Mark? Do you why is that why? doc? Tell me. Doc. Because fuck LeBron James. That's why go Curry, go Warriors. I will root for your two-year-old daughter over LeBron James every day of the week. Oh, she's can we talk about her. how? Can we talk about how LeBron James got no MVP votes? That's the first time his, in his career, actually. First time in his career. Break, 
breaking 20 year record right there. I mean, that's what happens when you're not the GOAT. You're just, I mean, I, I'm waiting for the, the collapse uh, because I do think that that win for them was a fluke. Um, and, and saying it alone that it is Anthony Davis that has to put the team on his back. And, you know, what kind of Anthony Davis is going to show up to determine the win? A real leader puts the game on his back and, and makes things happen. A real leader gets behind his teammate and goes, hey, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to make this happen. And he's not doing that. What's going to happen is he's going to sit there and continue to play LeBron James basketball. And when it falters, he's going to blame people. He's going to shift everything off of him because he's not a real leader. And he's going to look at Anthony Davis same way he looked at J.R. Smith. Like, what are you doing? I don't think it's yeah. LeBron James saying that it's all on Anthony Davis. It's the it's the people like us, the comment, like you know, people that love the game. No, no I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's LeBron saying it. Just I'm just. Because, it's like, going to be his said, excuse. For example, tonight, you know, it's a blowout, and the only one playing offense right now is LeBron James. He's ten of 16, 23 points, seven rebounds, two assists. You know, Anthony Davis is playing Anthony Davis ball, and he's only three of eight with six points. I don't know how the defensive end's looking for him because we're, we're recording, but like last game he had a presence in the paint, and that's the problem. The Warriors are small. That's why this rides on AD, just because he has to take that big man perspective into it. He has to dominate the paint. Draymond's too small, Looney's too slow, and there's no one else that can guard him on the Warriors. Anthony Davis needs to get that mindset that, hey, I'm one of the best players in the world because that's what he used to be. And I don't know what's happened since they won the championship in the bubble, but I'm going to disagree with both of you. I think the Lakers in seven – they stole home court. The Warriors don't travel well on the road. They are one of the worst road teams this year. I mean, Sacramento blew game seven. I mean, they stole a game back in the Bay, and they blew game seven. I don't think LeBron and AD will allow that to happen. I don't think – I mean, I just think it's 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 going to go seven, but I think the Lakers are going to win. I think the Lakers' defense is going to come come hit huge in this series, and it's going to limit the Golden State Warriors. First, yeah, of, I mean, you have to first get, of all, I'm taking you off. Hey, hey I got to say this real quick. First of all, I'm taking you off of my top eight on MySpace because you, you're taking the Lakers here. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. And second of all, you cannot use the word defense in today's Charmin Basketball Association. You understand me? You cannot do that. Anthony Davis's presence in the paint, yes. If you put a presence in the paint, you can stop anything because nobody does it anymore. Chris, what were you going to say there? I mean, you do have to give the Lakers some credit to what they are. They went from the 13th seed in the West in February to defeating the defending champions in the first game. If it was a fluke or not, you do have to give the Lakers a little bit of credit there. Oh, definitely. I give GM give Rob, Lakers Rob, credit. I won't give, I won't give LeBron credit. Well, I'll give GM Rob Polinka a lot of credit. It seems like he took over the tread deadline and, you know, cut Pat Bev, got rid of Russell Westbrook, you know, <clears throat> sorry boys that gave, that's the guys LeBron wanted. And, you know, finally for once LeBron, took off a little bit of what he wants, and he understood that it's Rob Polinka that needs to do it. And how do you feel about that, Chris? you think that LeBron should be more hands-off? I mean, I whatever's going to work for the Lakers and have been working, I think LeBron is just that one-man show, and he's going to be in the drama wherever he is. Selfish. Yeah, and you know what? The, maybe the last thing we'll talk about for this, just because you know we want to get to the next topic. But I love to see LeBron as a general manager or even an owner. I know MJ couldn't do it. You know, they say a lot of players have our time becoming a general manager, or president of a team, or an owner. So because it's not business minded. I mean, I think LeBron's business minded. I mean, for obviously other stuff is good, but well, yeah, yeah, basketball minded, ain't team minded. But I think LeBron's IQ level. I'm not saying that he's better than MJ, but I think he is like a more rounded IQ player than MJ. He's more team friendly. He loves to get other guys involved. So I think he'll thrive more in that role 
I don't know if he's going to be successful, but I think he'll be better like piecing a team together than uh, Michael Jordan. But, boys, he is – real quick, he's going to be worse than the next Mark Cuban out there crying at the refs on, on, on court side, complaining about every little foul. He looked at me. I didn't get a foul. What happened? Mark Cuban yeah. needs to just stick with Shark Tank. Yeah, I'm not a big Mark Cuban guy. Uh, he does seem to have a lot of passion. I, I do like the, the Clippers' new owner, by the way, before we pivot over to NFL. I like the, you know, we're going to have toilets. We're going to have toilets in the, in, the new, in the new arena. Like, dude, like. Do they, guys, do they not have toilets? No, but he's talking about how much toilets they're going to have. They're going to have more toilets, apparently, in this new arena. And That's what's going to hold me to a game. I'll tell you, look, when I'm going to a game, any sport, any team, the first thing I, I go to the stadium map, and I'm counting toilets. And if I don't have enough, I'm out. I'm not going. It ain't. Ha- don't try to sell me no tickets. I ain't going. If you ain't got sh- my toilet requirement, I'm out. How many shitters you got up in that place? Yeah. 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 36? Nah, that ain't enough. <laughs> All Can't right, boys. do it, enough, Chief. Enough shit talk. Let's move over to no pun what intended. we say is the best sport alive. You know, in our, our time, and that's the NFL. That's football. Football balls. Exactly. You know, a couple headlines that happened this week. You know, we are we are a, a week away. Or, sorry, week past the draft now. The first round was exactly a week ago from the time we're recording this Woo-hoo! episode. And Dexter Lawrence, now the third highest paid defensive tackle from the New York Football Giants. Love the move for the Giants. Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. Humongous beast. Uh, definitely one of the best pieces on that team. Helps prevail that defense. Chris, I think it's huge, man. Just, I just like what the Giants are doing on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think this is a complete, huge lockdown for them. I think this is a good move. Doc, Randall Cobb joining the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Shocker. Aaron Rodgers got his next PC one. The only PC he didn't get was OBJ. So Aaron Rodgers is happy. He's in the garden watching <laughs> hockey, watching playoff Knicks basketball. He seems to love life out there in New York. He's hanging out with Jessica Alba, Sauce Gardner, everyone in New York, all the celebrities. You, you liking this stuff for the New York Jets, bringing all, all Aaron Rodgers' pieces he wants? I do and I don't. Um, it's nice to see him bring in some weapons to to help him out as much as possible. I think it was the right move not getting OBJ. Uh, not that it was a move. I think it was the right outcome not getting OBJ. I'm, I'm still very concerned about the injuries after the last couple of seasons. Um, but bringing in Randall Cobb, I mean, it's nice because you bring in chemistry, right? You bring in chemistry. You bring in a guy that knows how to play the game of football, a guy that's a veteran. Uh, but at the same time, you're bringing in an older guy, and it's like, can you not work without what you know? Can you can you step into a new environment and be successful? So that's where my concern is now kind of landing um, between him and, and who's the other package receiver one over there? Lazardo? Alan Lazard, yeah. Lazard. Yeah. yeah, or Lazard, Lazard. So, but it is interesting to know, see Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball in May, which is not something we're used to seeing when he was in Green Bay. He's now actually throwing the ball a little earlier than he wants to. Obviously, most of the veteran quarterbacks don't do that just because they want to preserve that arm strength for the whole year. But, boys, the NFL rookies are starting to sign their contracts. You know, Jalen Carter, first rookie to sign his first-round deal, $21 million fully guaranteed for the Eagles. Definitely love the move. I mean, why not? I mean, these rookies are going to sign anyways, but I think that a guy like him, you know, with the Eagles is going to fit well for that, that team. Yeah, I think this was a big move for them. It was a steal in the draft for him dropping a little bit lower than what he should have and locking him into that fully guaranteed, making him happy. Yeah, Doc, you liking that? I mean, obviously, he's going to get paid regardless. I mean, that's how all the first-rounders are. But you glad that he didn't have the drama to, like, some of these rookies are and they just signed it right away? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you bring in guys, you, you pick them up off the draft board, and when they come in with this stuff and the drama that it brings, like you said, I mean, it, it's a distraction. It's a distraction that pulls from the team chemistry, pulls from the cohesion of the unit, and it's just it, – it's not good. So it's nice to see him come off. It's nice to see him finally, you know, sign that deal. Not finally because it happened pretty quick, but it's nice to see him sign that deal and get what he deserves. Um, great defensive presence. My uh, Philly definitely got a stealer, like Chris said. Um just great move. Great, love to see it. Congratulations, the Raven, should, the Raven should take some notes on signing contracts. Yeah, I mean, it took a little longer to sign. Or letting some hey, go. They, they seem to like they're in heaven. The general manager finally took some fault for not bringing in weapons, which I do agree they should have done that earlier. But Doc, sticking with you, some breaking. I don't say breaking news, but it's breaking news because it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady did sign that three hundred seventy-five million dollar deal. A ten year, ten, 10 years with Fox to be the, the A team with Kevin Burkhart, which absolutely love Kevin Burkhart. If you're listening, I, I love the way you call games. But Doc, he's saying he might. He's fifty fifty. He wants to be with his family, but obviously he wants to be part of the football community still. Obviously, we know how high how IQ Tom Brady has. Definitely have a smart mind for the game. Would you like to see him call games with that beautiful mindset he has, or would you like to see him kind of you know walk away and let's have like a little bit of a Tom Brady less NFL for a little while? I mean, I'd like to see him, you know, call games. Uh, that that contract is. I mean, could you imagine actually playing in the league and making making less than the guy upstairs that's that's calling the plays or or the guy that's explaining the plays as they're going on TV for everybody watching at home? Like that that's got to be just depressing as a player down in the field. But um, I'm not saying that I'm against him calling games. Um, I just I don't know if the voice is there. I don't know if the the voice, the enthusiasm, um, the personality. I guess you could say. I don't know if it's right for the booth. I think that uh, Greg Olson did a great job. I don't think that there needs to be a shuffle as far as who's got the game of the week for Fox. I think uh, you know let them start out and move them around, let them work with different people and see what happens. But I mean, for that kind of money, you you got to put them on the game of the week. But um, I personally, I say go be with your family, man. Uh, you know, football already eroded enough. Don't make it worse. Chris, I know you and Luke would love to see Tom Brady call games. I'm assuming you're opposite of Doc. You want to see Tom Brady with Fox, don't you? So, I mean, I would definitely love to see him there. Looking at what he was saying is that he wants to take this completely serious, hence why he was going to take this year off and then start in 2024. He was looking into, like, going there for four days, so not just like a fly there commentate the game and then fly out he wanted and when tom brady wants something he's going to put him his 110 percent. but i'm gonna piggyback of what doc said with his personality and everything i could see tom brady being that drew Brees situation we would love to see that quarterback mindset in the booth but do they really have what it takes to call the game it's like bill belichick being in the booth the guy just never smiles yeah, uh, well, I mean, t t I think Tom will be a little more uh, happy to hear than Bill. But, boys, I got one thing to say about Touchdown. this situation. And that's literally, fuck Tom, Edward, Patrick, Brady, whatever the fuck you guys want to call his name that Skip Bayless says on the show. I absolutely is sick and tired of Tom Brady getting this, you know, pop star treatment that's his show or it's no it. show. I think Greg Olson deserves that A spot with Kevin Burkhart. And if Tom Brady does come to Fox, he needs to be on the damn B team with whoever the hell's on that squad because Greg Olson killed this season. He was literally one of the best commentators in the game. And if Fox decides to move Greg Olson, that's going to cut his paycheck too. And he deserves that money. He's going to lose $9 million. I don't think so. If he goes that B team, I'm starting petition and I'm getting everyone on the damn world to sign it. And we're keeping Greg Olson and the A spot with Ken Burkhart 
And that's all I got to say about that. I'm tired of Tom Brady. I'm tired of all the shit he does. It's not just because we blew a 23 lead to the Patriots and Tom Brady. I'm just sick of Tom Brady in general. And if he wants to call games, there it is. Now we're getting to the race. He's not an A A spot guy. Greg Olson killed it this year. Now we're going to the problems. But anyways, boys, that's that's that. I'm going to move on. The schedule might be coming out next week, so let's keep an eye on that. If the schedule comes out, we'll definitely touch on that. That might be an episode of its own because that we can cover and we know which game's which. And last thing, guys, 12 of the 2020 guys of the first round got their fifth-year extensions. I think the bigger tale is Jordan Love didn't get a contract uh, or his player option. He got a you know uh, 13.5 fully worth deal. It could be up to 22.5 if they decide to keep him after this year. I think the bigger notes, Chris, Chase Young and Jordan Brooks. So Chase Young from the Commanders, Jordan Brooks from the Seahawks did not get their option uh, guaranteed or picked up. I obviously probably expecting Chase Young was an injury thing. I think that's huge for Chase Young. Now it's a prove-it year. Yeah, it's definitely a big year for Chase. I mean, even Clyde didn't get his fifth year. There's a lot of rookies that probably should have got their fifth year that didn't. And I think it's just kind of showing like what this league is working to because it's more of like, well, if you don't want to play anymore, we're not going to pay you. We can find your replacement in the draft. These college kids are coming out, getting ready to just plug and play day one. Start. Bigger, faster, stronger. And Doc, um, like I said, back to Chase Young. I mean, uh, Mike Tomlin made a joke that, hey, we never have a chance to pick any guy like you because we're never picking that high because he's always got a winning record. I think if Chase Young, you know, doesn't get renewed or, you know, doesn't get tagged next year, because he still can get tagged. It happened to Barkley, happened to Josh Jacobs. You know, it, that can happen. But if the commanders choose not to tag him and he does have a good year, Teams like Pittsburgh, Chicago, teams that are working on that defense would be huge if he can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, it would be huge, and it would be a great opportunity for other teams to pull him. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's about being able to play. And it's not – it isn't – actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't want to say it's about being able to play. Like, the injury obviously has to do with it, um, but it's about the level of competition that you're putting on the field and the amount of money that you're getting. Those fifth-year deals – come with substantial price tags. So you got a guy like Mitch Trubisky who he's shown capabilities of what he can do. He's shown you, you know, where his ceiling is at and then comes out in his fourth year and shits the bed. I mean, are you going to pay him the extra money to keep him there? Even, even if I don't, even if I don't give him the fifth year option, I'm not against bringing him back. I just need to get it at a better deal because you ain't worth that kind of money guy. Yeah, I'm completely on board with Chase Young not getting that option just because of injury history. We, we know what the talent level is for Chase Young. Hopefully he can get healthy. We'll love to see him, you know, play healthy. I mean, that was one that was the second pick of the draft behind Joe Burrow. And we all were excited to see him with Ron Rivera go to the commanders. Hopefully turn that I mean the defense is loaded on that line, but it'd be nice to see Chase Young. I'm I'm kind of upset that Jordan Brooks didn't get uh, an option player uh, or his uh option picked up. He's pretty good when he's healthy, but once again, injury is an issue. But Seattle's building that defense, and a guy like Jordan Brooks, man, he, he's pretty good. And But Joe Burrow, Tua, Herbert, they're all probably going to get these max contracts. Joe Slant. Guys. That's the big thing. Yeah. Joe Slant from Cincy, the jungle. <laughs> that's a big that's a big deal. And, um, you know, that's that's going to be the next topic with that is those guys are going to get their, their big contracts. But moving on, boys, you know, like I said in the show, it's an overreaction um, topic. You know, we like to say winners and losers. It's a little early to finally see who a winner and a loser is. So what we're going to do is we're each going to pick a team, kind of talk about amongst ourselves, and say a winner that we each think is a winner and a loser. Just because you're a winner doesn't mean you're going to make the playoffs, and a loser doesn't mean you're going to miss the playoffs. A loser could be, for example, like Buffalo or Kansas City that didn't do much, obviously will make the playoffs, but then 
or winner could be like Houston and might not make the playoffs, but might jump from that, that win total to like maybe eight, nine wins, compete a little bit and maybe find their way there in the future. So Chris, let's start with, let's start with the losers. Let's think negative. So we can end the show positive. Even one of the teams out there that you think had a pretty shit off season, means the draft and free agency, who thinks a loser this year? I think my loser, I'm going to go Arizona Cardinals. They entered the draft with some glaring holes on both sides. They did add some protection to that line to help Kyler Murray. They had a solid draft, but that team still is just shrouded with uncertainty. I just I can't get behind Arizona and Cardinals right now. They have a new coach. Is Kyler Murray going to be able to start day one with that ACL tear? And then with the D-hop trades going everywhere, I just have Arizona Arizona Cardinals is that big L for me. Doc, do you agree with that? Or are you kind of like, I mean, do you like what Arizona did? I mean, obviously, Kyler Murray is going to miss probably half the season. Probably won't be right to October, yeah, late October probably. That's what the owner and GM was saying. Well, I think uh, Shed and Chris, uh, Cliff Kingsbury was, was the right move for that team. Um, but I'm going to go in a different direction. My loser is going to be the Green Bay Packers now that they have officially lost Aaron Rodgers. They've lost two of their top receivers in my opinion they just haven't made moves they haven't done anything the green bay era is over i am putting my money down right now uh green bay is the last place team in the nfc north next season yeah and you know i agree with you on that drafting two tight ends on top of that in the draft come on i mean they finally got a quarterback weapon so chris back to the cardinals real quick i kind of agree but disagree i understand like they're a loser just because they have so much going on but i actually think the only loser move they had was the coach that replaced Kingsbury. I don't like Kingsbury at all, but I'm not a big Jonathan Gannon fan. That defense, honestly, was a little overrated in Philly, and it showed in the Super Bowl when they just let Patrick Mahomes run wild on that 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 defense. Uh, I do think that they made some winning moves in the, the draft. They gathered a lot of picks for that, that trade that they got with the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans in the second round. I honestly like what they're doing. I think that when they can finally get rid of Hopkins, get off Zach Ertz's contract, they can start to get younger and get – you know, ready. It's going to be a long haul, but it's going to be the next four or five years. Kyler can still be old enough if they want to build around Kyler. Don't know if he's the answer. Doc, on the other hand, yeah, I I, I think that it's a loser move. I mean, I, I mean, it's a loser move, but it's a winning move just because you finally get off Aaron Rodgers. You can finally get that saga behind you. Let Aaron Rodgers do what he wants to do. You had a great run with him. You did win a Super Bowl. Got a couple MVPs out of him. But the saga's over, but it is Jordan Love. So, I mean, we have to see what he's going to become. But Boys, I think I'm not Kyler, against Jordan Love. I'm not against Jordan Love. I just you didn't you didn't make any other impactful moves. I, I mean, they got they got Jaden Reed from Michigan State. I mean, he was the 11th ranked wideout in his class, so they they try to get him some help with that and wide receiver and, and two tight ends as well. So I mean, we're, we're going to see what they do. I mean, the defense is it's spotty, but boys, I'm going to go with my loser being the uh, God. I don't want to pick between the Raiders and the Patriots, but. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna go to the Patriots. Uh, I know we've hammered this so much, but they just refuse to get Mac Jones some freaking help. And it's just like, what do you want? What do you want Mac Jones to do? Bill Belichick doesn't seem happy when they even ask him a question. Is Mac Jones your guy? Obviously, it's a dumb question to ask your coach when you know he's a starting quarterback. But didn't seem confident in the answer. Didn't get him any weapons. You just build an O line that out of no name guys. Your defense is still going to be decent, but you're in this division with all offensive teams, and you're just not letting your offense get going so that they can compete and score points. It's just a shit move by Bill Belichick, and honestly, quite frankly, 
Robert Kraft needs to get rid of this guy. I don't care if he's a six-time champion at the New England Patriots. If Bill doesn't show any potential this year, the man's got to go. So, I mean, Mark, I'm going to step in and kind of disagree, at least with the weapon standpoint. And this isn't just because I'm an LSU fan, but hot take here. But I'm going to say Kayshawn Butte might have been the steal of the draft. The man was round one wide receiver talent. He had a rough junior year just with new coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. He started off rough. And then you had the whole rumors at the very end. Well, he wanted to stay one more year. Then you had the rumors that he had a sex orgy after the SEC My championship man. game. What a hero. I know. What a, so what a fucking hero. Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft better watch so out. He might be, service. Fucking, I mean, might be fucking like Bill, his coaches. It sounds like Bill Belichick's got a lot on his hands. He's got a TikTok star and a guy that likes to have orgies. So, who maybe Bill Belichick's got a lot on his plate this year. Yeah, I, I but think- I'm just – I'm just going to have to disagree that they didn't get weapons. They got Juju. And like I said, I think Kayshawn might have been steal of the draft. Sixth round for a, a round one talent wide receiver. Doc, you, I mean, you kind of on my side with this one, or are you leaning with the old uh, they did get him help kind of argument? I mean, they definitely got him help in comparison to what he had last year. Uh you know, the kid from LSU is definitely definitely a steal in the sixth round. There's no doubt about that. I think that there's definitely a high enough ceiling to justify that pick. Uh, but I'm also on your side, Mark, because I think that I think that it's time for Bill to go. It's time for Bill to go. Um, I thought that Mac Jones was going to be a plug and play in the Tom Brady scheme that is New England. Um, and it obviously hasn't happened, but we've seen that the lack of weapons, the lack of protection, everything else has definitely been an issue. The play calling has definitely been an issue. Um, but I think that right now what it's at is kind of it, – it's kind of waiting on Mac Jones. I think that they've given it they've, – they've given up on him. They've thrown him in the towel, and they're just waiting to drop that fifth-year option. And they're going to move on. They're going to let him go, and then the rebuild will start then. It's you know zappy time. Yeah. I'm going to sneak that's... one more team in there real quick because we got some time. I'm going to sneak the Raiders in there. I think the Raiders didn't do shit. I understand. I like the Darren Wallen trade, uh, Darren Waller trade, just because it was injury history. But they Losers. didn't do anything. They didn't. They drafted you go for very... Jimmy G. You are automatically in the loser pool. There is nothing you could have done in the draft that would have put you on the winning side of the ball than draft a quarterback who has been relentlessly carried throughout his career by defense in the rushing game. Yeah, you fucked up, Las Vegas. That's my problem is they went after Jimmy G when they could have just traded it with Arizona and got uh, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I'd rather have AR trying to belt that kid over Jimmy G. I'm just not a Jimmy G guy. They drafted this guy from Texas. Nobody's. I can't believe Vegas was. And Chandler Jones. It's just not a good draft spot. And they just didn't – I mean, I'm not a big Hunter Renfro guy. They Yeah, they have Adams. It's great and all, but – Adams is going to want to be there after long with, with this situation. Chris, you think the Raiders are losers this offseason? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Raiders should have just went all in, traded up, try to get AR. Each quarterback in this draft class all had some flaws, so why not try to just hit that home run on the one that has the highest ceiling? Like, I know me and Mark don't like AR, but AR has some incredible talent. Better than Jimmy the G. Game. The ceiling's higher yeah, than Jimmy I mean, G better than Jimmy G, but just see if AR hits or doesn't hit. And if he doesn't hit, move on. Yeah, I completely agree. And Doc, let's start thinking positive now. We got some winners out there. 
I got you know, positive. Hang on, I got a positive for you. <laughs> Here's my positive. Sound the horn, Mark. Devontae Adams is gone before the trade deadline. Sound it. I would put. A, I would take you on the field, Mark, before I would take Jimmy G. Devontae Adams is not putting up with that shit, especially when he came to Vegas specifically for his college teammate. He's gone. He ain't putting up he's with gonna, it. He's going to come join Houdat Nation. Or let's not get carried away. Or he might join the Jets and join Aaron Rodgers and have a full Packer wide receiver core in there. Hey, he might. Be he might know that the Jets are making moves and the Jets are in a position to win more than what the Packers were. He might. He might very well look for New York. And Don, Jets, New York Jets, the capital Jets. to give up. Let's talk. Let's let's truly get positive though. I mean, we have some time for some winners. Who is your first winner? If we had to just give you the first one on the, on the board with all these NFL teams. It's tough to go with the first one. I'm going to go a bias pick here. I'm going to say the Chicago Bears. Um, the offseason moves, bolstering the defense, trading away that first-round pick, knowing that they weren't going to go with a quarterback, getting a true wide receiver one that we haven't seen, and I can't even tell you how long at this point. Um Trying to get Justin Fields, like there's a like there's there's committing to Justin Fields and saying that we're not taking a quarterback, and then there's committing in in getting that receiver to truly make him better. Something that we're not seeing uh, in places like Baltimore, um, places uh, like Las Vegas. You know, trying to trying to make Jimmy better uh, or give him options aside from Devontae. I mean, a number of places, but. Um, you know, it, it's nice to see them finally making moves. They picked up draft capital for this season, next season. They're finally making the long-term moves. The days of Ryan Pace are gone, and I am drinking in celebration. Ryan Pace, fuck you. Good riddance. You sack of dog shit. And, Doc, Cheers. you know, I am, I'm going to jump on that wagon. I keep saying Alex, I say pretty much every episode, hot take, the Bears – are going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying it yet because we have, we're not, we're not going to do our division and conference uh, predictions until later in the summer. But my, my true hot take is they will not finish no worse than second place in the NFC North. I do think I do agree with you, with you. Green Bay will be last. Minnesota will be third. Now let me see the off season, how it goes in training camp and injuries, how Detroit and Chicago feed up. But yeah, I, I love it. Chris, do you like the bears do what they've done? I mean, I, I, I think they did good stuff this off season. Yeah, no, I definitely think they did some good stuff this offseason. I'm not on the Bears train, but I'm also not also off the Bears train. Bears train is just that, starting to leave the station. Though. That's the thing. That offense is going to have to show me something. I mean, they were 28th in total offense last year. They did pick up DJ Moore. They did pick up that kid from Tennessee on the line. So they're getting Justin Field that help. I'm just We're just going to have to see how the season plays out. Well, this is where the prove it year is at. This is where he needs to step up. This is where we're going to find out what Justin Fields is really made of. And like I said, a winner yeah. a winner doesn't have to be like make the playoffs. I think a winner move for like the Bears would just, be nine wins. Not not nine wins, compete. I'm not even going to yeah. put a number on the wins. I'm going to put it moving in the right direction. Overall, the team is looking better. Justin Fields is in scrambling first step. First instinct out of the pocket is in, you know, as soon as a snap and he's and he's taking a step trying to run. The the offensive line doesn't look lost. The defense comes together. I'm looking for progress. I'm not looking for the playoffs this year. I'm looking for progress and movement in the right direction, and that is what is going to be a win for me. And I completely agree with you, Doc. And I, I keep telling you, I'm interested to see what Chicago is going to do. Chris, positives, man. We need some positives. Let's keep this positive trade moving. Who is who's a team that you found a winner this offseason? 
I'm going to go with an NFC South rivalry here. I'm going to go with the Panthers. They made some big draft moves this offseason, moved up to that number one spot with Bryce Young. I think he's going to be their franchise quarterback. They did give away a little bit with DJ Moore, but he has that supporting cast around him. No big names, but they're there. He has Adam Thielen. He has DJ Chark and Titan Hayden Hurst. He also has Miles Sanders as that back. The defense is going to have a little bit of growing pains going to transitioning to that new 4-3 with that new head coach. But some veteran pickups, they got Desha- um, Deshaun Williams, Shy Tuttle. That's that's some players that are going to ease that transition to that 4-3. They definitely might be made a hot some take. solid moves to get that rebuild off on a fast start offensively. They, I, I'm shocked. Like I'm not surprised they traded DJ Moore considering – that they were coming in to draft a new franchise quarterback that wasn't going to be able to shine, was going to get upset. Um, but I, I'm shocked. Like, they made some solid moves, though. I, I'm I'm on board with the Panthers as well. I mean, I definitely think they made moves, but I think the only winning move they got was getting Bryce Young. I mean, and maybe Hayden Hurst. I don't know how I feel about Adam Thielen. He's getting older. I don't know if he's that true number one anymore. I mean, maybe Terrence Marshall can start – getting involved miles sanders he's a hitter but you don't, don't need a true number him. one you don't yeah, have a just, true franchise quarterback right now even yeah. with bryce young he's not a franchise quarterback yet and honestly it's a it's good not move just that i don't like the head coach frank Wright. i don't think he's that good of a coach i thought he was a great coordinator and i think he's a good offensive mind but i just don't think he's a good head coach i think he's a shit uh guy that can manage a whole team i just don't think he has that in him and i'm sorry if i have to be negative but i just don't like everything i like some things caroline did but majority of things i just don't like it i think that they were I just don't – I don't like it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I understand you need that franchise quarterback, but you need that number one receiver with them, and that's D.J. Moore. You could have got the number one pick and kept D.J. Moore, and that's my that's my problem with that. You could have kept him. That's just Not a chance. Not, Not a chance. They they, got it. No, the Bears needed something to to elevate Justin Fields. It may be right, but I, I – You're not trading the first pick for an offensive lineman, I'll tell you that. Oh, well, I mean, we know they're going to a quarterback, but I think that they were going – they could have found anything else to, to get that number one pick. Chris, Doc, I, I know most people don't like to hear this, but this team, its name is a right direction kind of team. But I'm going with Dallas. I think Dallas did a lot of stuff right. They cut Zeke. Boys. They finally got rid of Zeke. You're I like what head. Dallas did. They got <laughs> Stephon Gilmore. First, first the Lakers, now agent. this. They got Gilmore for, for a steal. They got Brandon Cooks to pair with CeeDee Lamb, who emerged last year. And I will be the first one to admit, I was wrong about CeeDee Lamb. You can ask my buddy Jake. Hopefully he you know, – Shows his little love and support in the comments, but he'll tell you if he, if he does. I did not like CeeDee Lamb's number one receiver, and I will be the first to admit I'm kind of showing that I'm wrong. And, you know, hey, good for me to admit it, but now you have pairing with Brandon Cooks. You did get a tight end in the draft, and you got Tony Pollard, and I love that Deuce Vaughn draft pick in the later rounds from Kansas State. The dude's electric, and I think what Dallas is doing, they might not win the East, but damn sure they're going to compete for that wild card spot, and they're going to compete for that division or that conference because NFC is weak. So, Mark, I have a question for you. Is this their year? How about the Cowboys? No, I completely agree with you, Mark. Dallas definitely made some moves to compete. I just, I cannot, I just can't think what they're thinking keeping Dak behind center. I just don't think Dak is the guy. Over under, over under, make your bets now. 6.5 6.5 weeks over under he's out he only, he only missed i'll go i'll go over i'll go over under eight i mean he only missed five games last week last year so i mean yeah he did get hurt there's a thumb injury but 
I mean, he only missed five games, and you know he did come back. He took a little bit, but he found he played a little. I'm not a Dak fan, but I mean they can't just cut, cut bait with them. No one's gonna take that contract right now, and they can't just cut him with all dead cat dead cat money. So they're stuck with him. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I know I know Doc doesn't like the Dallas Cowboys moves. Maybe doesn't like the draft, but I don't know. I just I like what Dallas did. I just the Cowboys are just pieces. the fucking Yankees of the NFL. They make the moves, they spend the money, and they still can't win. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just thinking that they made winning moves. That's my point of a winner. I mean, hey, maybe maybe that's why I'm thinking they're a winner. Just cause they, I think they, they made, made winning moves, moves, but I'm not saying they're the winner of the, of the offseason. I'm not oh, putting no. them in the top five. Well, my true winner of the offseason is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I don't. Well, think that's what I thought. That's yeah. what we were talking about, Mark. Well, I, I don't I, want to all agree. I wanted a little debate here. I mean, if I wanted to say, "Hey, guys, let's all agree," out, yeah, I would have gone fly Philly, fly. But I mean, come on, do we really need to say that? This, the Cowboys are dog shit. They ain't shit. They ain't gonna be shit. So I mean, I I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I don't think the Eagles had the Eagles definitely had a great draft. Yes. They did pick up some. They did. They did pick up some moves. I mean, are they really the Philadelphia Eagles or are they the Philadelphia Bulldogs? That's my question first. But then, just they lost some key parts. I mean, they lost their offensive and defensive coordinator. How's that going to play out? They have a lot of new, like rookies. They lost some defensive players. I just I can't put them in the winning category, but they're definitely not losers. Yeah, I mean, I guess me and Doc are the only ones that say. I mean, I like that they brought Slay back. They brought back Bradbury back. Yeah, they did lose uh, your boy Gardner Johnson, but they drafted Ringo out of Georgia. They drafted. I mean, they drafted. Like I said, they're the. They're well, that's the that's what he's saying. That's what the theme here is. The Eagles had the had one of the best drafts. They didn't have one of the best off seasons. They had a solid draft. That's part of the off season, but it's not the whole thing. I'm not saying yeah. the Eagles are the best in the off season. I'm saying they're the biggest winner in the off season. Are they the biggest winner in the draft? I definitely put them up there. I definitely put them up there, but I'm not saying the biggest in the offseason. I mean, I, I don't gonna, know. They, they replaced Miles Sanders with DeAndre Swift, and I just like the move with that's going to pair with Jalen Hurts. They still have Devontae Smith, obviously. I mean, the, they didn't lose anything on offense besides Miles Sanders. They brought back Kelsey. Uh, Lane Johnson staying there. They did lose a, a left tackle or it might have been a guard. He went join Pittsburgh, but that's a pretty big move to lose, and I think they lost Gardner Johnson, but they – well, younger players are going to come in and I think outshine them. I don't Garn Johnson's a beast and all, but you pair Ringo in that that defense, it's going to be nice nice pieces for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to throw here a little alibi with winner of the offseason. I'm going to put the New York Jets. I mean, they were 7-10 and 10 last season behind who? Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. Come on. They got A-Rod immediately going to put them into playoff contention. You got all the Green Bay Packers wide receivers, Lazard, Cobb, then pairing them up with Garrett Wilson. Yeah, as long as Lazard can put some sticky on his gloves. Well, I mean, the thing about Lazard is he's not going to be the main focus. You got Garrett Wilson, who's been phenomenal his rookie season. I would fucking hope not. (laughs) I mean, I I I do. If Lazard is your main focus with his drop passes, I mean, you're in trouble. (laughs) You're in trouble, buddy. I mean, I do agree, Chris. Like, it, it's Aaron Rodgers. They definitely had three shit quarterbacks. And, you know, now you finally get one of the best of all time that's going to be back there. I mean, he's ha- he seems happy. He seems motivated. Maybe he's energized. Maybe that's going to bring that that spark back in his career. Maybe. I mean, because let's be honest. When you're happier, you do play better. Like And, and, and you work yeah. better. You do everything yeah, better. Because you're not so. miserable coming to work. 
Yeah, so that's probably why I win. I, I know, Doc, you think they're winners. You don't think that they're going to win the East per se, but – I mean, oh, no, 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 no. I, no, no. I think that they definitely make some playoff contenders. I just don't think it makes some champion contenders. Gotcha. And Not yet. I mean, I, I'd say, it's literally to say, I mean, I think that they're championship contenders, but um, we'll have to see when that time comes. I think you need a drug test. Yeah, I mean, maybe I do. Maybe it's because I want the Lakers to win. I, I don't want to see Steph Curry and then win. I specifically All right, so next week it is going to be me and uh, your boy Chris Gemeinhardt. Mark will not be here for the next show. What's hey, the boys. what's the score check on the Lakers game right now? Uh, well, Can we pull that up? Pull that up. I want to know. I cannot up. get off before knowing that LeBron is down fifty plus. I, I need to see four, it. One fourteen eighty eight midway in the fourth. Uh, LeBron's got twenty three. AD's got eleven. Uh, their boy Hachimura got twenty one. So it's a bench guy. And LeBron really only doing right there. that. Clay Thompson is looking like you know prime Clay Thompson. Vintage he has Clay. Thirty yeah. points and. Steph's got 20. The whole, the whole starting five, so they, they did make a change. They're starting five. They said uh, Looney was ill tonight, so he came off the bench. But every starter is in double figures, so maybe Steph, maybe Steve Kerr found a, a new uh, uh, rotation to start the lineup. Do you like want to the Lakers like- become more competitive? Here's the key to the Lakers being more competitive. Have LeBron hand out towels or water or something else, anything that keeps him from playing the game of basketball, and the Lakers will immediately – be a better team. Fuck LeBron. Like I, I said, is, a, is AD going to be able to keep up with what he did in game one throughout this whole say, series? And that's why we say he's the key to this series because if he doesn't have that defensive presence and he doesn't let the offense come to him and he still produces, it's going to be a long series. LeBron, it's not it's, it's like the, the Cavalier days. LeBron can't take on the Golden State Warriors by himself. It's any team. I mean, it's like any player. You need to have a supporting cast still. And that's the situation. AD needs to be AD. Fuck AD. Shave your fucking unibrow. Hey, man, his, eyes, his eyebrows got married in a beautiful ceremony, okay? They did a whole I'm thing. glad cool. you're out of New Orleans. I miss you, though. But, boys, I mean, Chris, speaking <laughs> of missing, we missed, you last, we missed you last week during the, you know, the uh, post-draft analysis that we had. And, boys, it's great to have all three of us back in here and hopefully – our buddy Luke can join us. He's getting settled into his new house and he'll soon will eventually join us. And it'll be good to have the four of us in here talking sports, disagreeing, agreeing on some things, debating, having some good passionate conversations. Chris, like I said, it's good to have you back. Me and doc, once again, congratulate you and your wife on a second child, healthy child in this world. Glad that she's doing good and your son's doing good as well. So uh, thank thanks you. For thank you back, man. Yeah, no, doc honestly, I'm just, I'm so glad to be back. I'm glad to be back on this podcast. I'm having so much fun with you boys. And just shout out to our listeners. I know we're doing a little bit of growing pain. We're getting used to the podcast. Just stick with us because we're going to be fucking big. Fucking huge. And when we we get huge, we want you guys to be there with us. We want you guys to know that y'all were there from the start. And, I mean, we don't mind you jumping on the bandwagon later on, but we like to have that. Doc, always great hearing your voice. Always great hearing your passionate fuck lebron james talk always hearing maybe we'll get baseball soon we did talk a little baseball last time but you know we had some things going on in nba and the uh uh nfl so we'll, we'll tie that in eventually you know when, especially when the summer comes around it's gonna be good baseball talk in there before football season doc always good. by the way we never got we never got um our our top five people that we hate in the world of sports 
Um, cause I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been narrowing it down there. There's, there's a lot of motherfuckers out there. Uh, you know, I touched on LeBron. Uh, I mean, if that, if you don't know that by now, I mean, you need to listen to another episode and you'll, you'll figure it out. But, uh, Colin Cowherd obviously is on there. Uh, cause he just doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Um, you know, Brad Marchand and hockey dog shit, Manny Machado, dirty fucking player. Doc, maybe since you're going to miss next week. And pop, maybe we'll see what, how you're going to do with your surgery. Maybe we'll tie that into a nice segment between the hopefully four at the time, but if not, the three of us can get a list together of our most five disliked players uh, out there. Or, and maybe commentators, owners, managers, coaches, things like that. Ooh. Uh, so that's stay, stay tuned for that, everyone. Hopefully, you guys will get, hopefully, that'll be a good segment for you, beautiful viewers and listeners. Cause like I said, you guys are beautiful. You guys are amazing. Just give us a chance. Like Chris says, we are learning. Getting this mic, we got the mic levels hopefully adjusted now from the first few episodes. Episode four was a lot better. We just work with us, like Chris said. It's it's a work in progress. Like I said, practice makes perfect. Just like every great sports team and great dynasty, you have to start Except somewhere. Lakers. You have to start from the bottom and make your way to the top. And like Drake says, we're gonna start from the bottom, but now we're here. And boys, love love talking to y'all. Can't wait to talk to you guys, uh, Doc. It's gonna be a couple weeks, but we always a pleasure. You. Always a pleasure, Mark. We will bring you up. We will say, you know, shout out to Doc out there in Niagara Falls. Just jealous a little bit. Yeah, have I'm fun at your vacation. Northwest. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. It's. Yeah. Well, hey, it's going to be a tough work job trip. like you. But hey, yep. from the Sack House, I'm Mark Davis. That's Kristen Meinhart, this new two time father. That is Nick the Doc Kirkwood. Shout out to Luke Rule getting to his new crib. This is All About the Balls Podcast, and we are out. The Sack House. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.